Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Those who are here in person, those worshiping online, glad that you're joining us today. Some of you may have stayed up a little late last night to catch the end of the Braves game, headed to the uh, World Series. What a great time to be a Braves fan. Um, we are starting a new series called This is the Way. Uh, if you're a Disney Plus a subscriber, then you have probably watched a series called uh, The Mandalorian. Um, for some of us, The Mandalorian is one of many shows that we binge watched back during the COVID shutdown. That's how some of us got introduced to this character and to uh, this series. For the uninitiated, The Mandalorian is a story within the Star Wars universe. So it happens a couple of years after the return of the Jedi, to put it in Star Wars timeline, and I realize I just gained some of your attention and completely lost some of your attention as well. Give me just a minute. Let me set this up, and then we'll move on. So uh, the Mandalorian is a warrior, um, defender, bounty hunter, sort of all rolled into one. It's got kind of a space cowboy theme uh, to it uh, as you're watching it. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, early on I th in one of the first couple of episodes, you find out there's not just one Mandalorian, there's actually a whole group of people that are Mandalorians, I guess. I didn't look up the plural for Mandalorian, but we'll go with Mandalorians. There's a, there's a whole group of people uh, that are Mandalorians. And then uh, like around episode th three, I think it is, the, the main Mandalorian character, he starts saying this phrase, and, and the phrase is, this is the way. And what he meant was, any time he acted in accordance with his beliefs, his convictions, his principles, then he would say, this is, this is the way. Or when somebody commented on what he did, you did this, you said this, we saw this, he would say, this is the way. And, and it was his way of communicating, I'm just operating within my beliefs, within my convictions. So, uh, I'm doing what I have committed to do. I have chosen a particular way of life, a particular standard that I want to live by. And all of the Mandalorians had agreed to this belief system, this, this set of principles, convictions, way of living. And so this is the way, was a way of communicating, yes, of course, I did that because that's what my convictions tell me to do. That's what my belief system tells me to do. Now, there's an interesting parallel between the Mandalorian, believe it or not, and the early church. And I don't know if the writers, producers of the Mandalorian know about this, this connection. Maybe they do. Um, I, I read some who call this, this way of the Mandalorian their religion. This is their religion. This is their beliefs. This is, this is the convictions that they follow. So maybe they know this connection. I, I, I don't know. But the early believers, and by early I mean those years immediately following Christ's resurrection and, and returning back to heaven, the early believers were not called Christians. 
Uh, they aren't called Christians until around Acts chapter 11, a place called Antioch. The, the, Acts 11 says they were first called Christians in this place. Many people believe that the term Christian was actually a derogatory term that the early believers were given. They were given that name by people in their culture and their society as sort of saying those crazy people who follow this Jesus Christ person. Everyone in in their culture followed Roman gods and Greek gods and Zeus and and Apollo and Athena and they and, and they had these fantastic stories about their powerful gods and and so it's sort of a a way of looking down on the people who followed Christ to say oh they're Christians they they follow that Christ who would follow another human being we have these other gods so the term Christians although today we we accept that term, and it's a positive term to us, it's very likely was a, a negative term to the early believers, and that's not what they called themselves. They called themselves people of the way. That, that's how they were known. We are people of the way, or sometimes they're called people who belong to the way, or followers of the way. This idea of a way Uh, defined in some ways uh, the early believers and and the early church. We're people of the way. This is the way. Um, Acts chapter 9, I'll just give you a couple of examples just so you don't think I'm lying to you. Uh, We meet Saul uh, in Acts chapter 9 earlier in like chapter 7. Saul appears for the first time at the stoning of Stephen, the first uh, Christian martyr. Uh, Saul is there, not only approving, but overseeing uh, the death of Stephen. And then just a couple chapters later, uh, Acts chapter 9, in verse 1, we read, Meanwhile, Saul, who's later going to be called Paul, Paul's same guy, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So Saul, before his conversion, he's persecuting followers of Jesus, and so he's looking for people of the way. This is how they were known. I want, to, I want to find where people of the way are because Paul wanted to persecute them, imprison them, even kill them. Right after this moment, as he's going to Damascus, he's blinded by a bright light. He encounters Jesus. Jesus speaks to him and thus begins the conversion of Paul, who becomes this great leader of the faith. Acts chapter 19, another example. Paul is in Ephesus, and Luke is the narrator. He's writing the book of Acts. He wrote Luke and Acts. And this is, this is how Luke narrates this section. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. The followers of Jesus, people who follow in the way of Jesus. This is how the early believers were known. They were people of the way. They followed the way. Another in verse 23. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. In Ephesus, there was a riot. There was people who were angry at followers of Jesus. There arose a disturbance about the way. One more, Acts 24, verse 14. Uh, Paul says... 
Uh, he's, he's been arrested. Uh, the religious leaders are trying to see that he's executed. Paul says, however, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way. This is how the early believers were known. People of the way. Followers of the way. They were, this is the way people. This is how we live. This is who we are. This is the life we have chosen. We, we choose to live according to our promises and our convictions. We, we choose to live according to the person of Jesus Christ. Now, this, this set them apart from the other people in their culture, in their society. They, they, were, they were different than those who believed in a polytheistic religion of, of Greek and Roman gods and many gods and sun gods and harvest gods. They were distinct from that group. Their belief in, and their willingness to follow Jesus set them apart from those who still held to Old Testament Judaism. Right? It, it, it differentiated them from those who were following Judaism at the time. It's very distinct. Not just in what they said, but in who they were, how they lived. See, the way of the early believers, the way, the lifestyle, the way of the early believers identified how they lived and not just what they believed. People could observe it. People could see the... These folks are different from everybody else. It, they didn't necessarily even have to have a conversation with them about beliefs or doctrine. They just knew these people live differently. They are differently. They treat people differently. Their way was different. Their lifestyle was different. The way they treated other people, there was a marked difference in them. The way they cared for each other in their community. How they saw one another. It was, it was different. They had chosen this path. This, this is the way sort of path. <clears throat> if that's true of the early believers, and it is. They were people of the way. This is the way people. What does our way say about our faith? Right? That's a, the question we're going to probe in this series. What is our way? The, the way we speak, the way we live, the, the way we interact with other people, the lifestyle that we've chosen, are, are we this is the way people? People say, you stand out. Do they encounter us and sense something that is different about us? When you think about your, the last week that you had, the last couple of days, did you live in a this is the way sort of approach to those days, to that week? Did, did you live according to the way? Not, not just agreeing mentally, yes, I'm a, I'm a follower of the way. I'm in that group. Not just to have a label. right? The early Christians didn't just have a label. Well, they're in that group. They belong to that group. They agree with that group. They had a way about them. This is the way. We are people of the way. We live a certain way. We have certain convictions. We believe certain things. We treat people a certain way. Way, this is the way. And thinking about the way, uh, the Bible teaches that there are actually two ways. 
And the Bible teaches there's, there's only two ways. There's not a hundred ways or 50 ways or five ways. The Bible over and over again demonstrates there's two ways. You are a person of one of these ways. You may not define yourself that way. You may not think of yourself that way. But all throughout the Bible, we're told, Old and New Testament, you are a person of one way or the other. You're not a non-way person. You are a person of one particular way. This is the book of Psalms, chapter 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step, who doesn't walk along the way with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. The psalmist says there's two ways. There's two ways. You're on one of these ways. You are walking according to sinners and mockers and those who are disobedient to God and moving away from God, or you're walking along the way of one who delights in the law of the Lord, who accepts the way of the Lord, who lives according to the way. In the book of Proverbs, almost the whole book is a discussion of two ways. There's a wise way and there's a foolish way. You're on one of those two ways. You're, you're walking away from God into foolishness or you're walking with God into wisdom. Those are the two ways. And you and I are on one of those two ways. Even if you think, well, I haven't chosen a way. Well, if you're not on one way, you're on the other way. There's only two ways. Proverbs chapter 4 says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or the way of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Don't take that way. Don't go that path. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. The path of righteousness, it says later, a few verses later, verse 18, the path of righteousness is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day, but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. There's two ways. There's a way of wisdom. There's a way of foolishness. You and I are on one of those two ways. Now, Solomon in, in Proverbs 14 Solomon gives us an interesting warning about the ways that we could be on. He says in verse 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. So there's a way that you could be walking thinking you're on the right way and be on the wrong way. We, we could be deceived about which way we're headed, Solomon says. Things could look one way and actually not be that way. Uh, we can be going the wrong way, Solomon says, and, and not know it. We could think we're going the right way. We could be going the wrong way and not know it. Right? Because the way quite often that our world, our society, those things that want to influence us, the way that that is pushing us is often in the wrong direction. It feels like the right way because so many are going that way, but it's not necessarily the right way. The, the way maybe that the people that are in your life are going, it may seem like the right way, but it may not be the right way. Jesus uses a similar 
imagery in his teaching. He talks about when you're building your lives, you can be a wise builder or a foolish builder. Right? This is the, the building on the sand versus building on the rock idea. It's possible to think you're building something solid and you're not. You could be building on sand. Now, nobody intentionally builds on sand, right? Nobody says, I want to build something that's going to fall apart. People think they're building something solid. People think they're moving in the right way, but there's this warning. You might think you're going the right way and be mistaken. Jesus uses imagery of sheep and goats, right? There's two paths. There's two ways. You're on one of these two ways. You're either moving in the way of Jesus or you're moving in the way of the opposite. There's no middle way. There's no combination of the ways. You're on the way towards Christ, with Christ, or you're moving away from Christ. Much like Solomon, Jesus says it, it is possible, it is very possible to be confused about which way you are on. There are people who think they are on the right way, and they are. Here are Jesus' words in Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, the one who's really walking in the way. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is somewhat alarming that we can think we're moving in the right direction. We're on the right way. And Jesus said, there are people who think they're on the right way, but they're not. Every person, every person here in person, everybody, every person watching online, every person is on one of these two ways, the wise way or the foolish way. Some think they are on the wise path, but actually aren't. You know, it makes little difference which way you go if you're wanting to get to Atlanta. Like there are multiple ways to get to Atlanta, if you're, if you're going to a sporting event, if you're going to a venue, if you're going out to eat in Atlanta, you can, you can go down and take I-20 and go in. You can go out 78 to 285. There are multiple ways that you can take and ultimately get there. There are multiple ways to get to Savannah. There are multiple ways to get to Hilton Head. Right, If you have your GPS app and you punch in the address, it's probably going to give you multiple ways. And one will say fastest, right? And so you'll pick, do you want to go that one? You'll go a different way. When you're the scenic route, sometimes we like to take the scenic route. There are multiple ways to get to the same location. But at the end of all those directions, you, you get to the same place. Or sometimes you'll get rerouted, right? Have you ever been rerouted? You're in the middle of this way. I was going to go this way, and the GPS now has detected an accident, and so it's rerouting me another way, and you know that's fine. That's going to get me around the traffic, but it's going to get me where I'm going. There's multiple ways. The, the, the problem from the spiritual perspective, though, is that these Two ways don't end up in the same place. 
the two ways that the Bible describes, they're not both going to get you to the same place. They're just going to take a different route or they're going to reroute you at some point. You're going to go a different way around. There, there aren't multiple places. There aren't multiple ways to get where Jesus is calling us to go. Jesus makes this clear in Matthew chapter 7. He says in verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. There's two ways. But those two ways don't go to the same place. And there's not 12 ways to get to this place and five ways to get to this place. There's two ways. Those two ways lead to very different destinations. Right, the path or the, the way that we choose is important because the destinations are not the same. On your GPS, it doesn't really matter which path you choose to get to a certain destination. When it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to following Christ, it matters very much which way you go because each way leads to very different destinations. Jesus says that, one way is leading ultimately to destruction and the other way is leading to life. One is leading to despair and one is leading to hope. One is leading to brokenness and one is leading to healing and wholeness. Two very different ways, two very different destinations. Your way is important because where you end up at the end of the way is different. Another reason it matters. I think it matters that we talk about this idea of way. And are we living according to the way? Because the world we live in needs to encounter people who actually live according to the way. And it's important to you because it determines your ultimate eternal destination as to which way you're walking on. But it, it's important to the people around you because I think the world desperately needs to meet people who live according to the way of Jesus. Not just self-identify as Jesus' followers, not just uh, assume the label of Jesus' followers. They are actually Jesus' followers. And it has so transformed their life that it has transformed their way. It's transformed everything about them. The world needs to meet people like that. People that you work with need to meet people who are, this is the way people. I live this way because Jesus has changed my life and it has affected every area of my life. This is the way that I live. Not, this is the way of the group that I identify with lives or this is this is the way that I think things should be or this is the way that I, my opinion is of these things but this is the way of Jesus this is the way that Jesus lived this is the way that Jesus interacted with people see when it comes to the way when it comes to the way that you are choosing the stakes are really really high the stakes are high because your destination is determined by the way that you're on, 
the stakes are high because there are people all around you who desperately need to see that there is a way of living that is hopeful and good and transformative. People need to see people of the way. In John 13, Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. And they're celebrating the Passover meal. And in John 13, Jesus washes his disciples' feet as an example of humility and and serving and and demonstrating to them, this is the way you are to live. You, You are to live as servants. He announces after washing their feet that one of them is going to betray him and another one is going to deny him. And then he tells them again that he's about to go away. He's about to leave. They're not going to see him uh, for a while. He's going, which, which causes all of the disciples to have this immediate anxiety, right? this, this worry for their future. So Jesus says in John 14, verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let your hearts be troubled. The the cure for a troubled heart, Jesus says, is greater trust. The, The cure for anxiety of heart, Jesus says, is to believe him. Believe him more. Have more faith in him. Trust him more. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. Trust me. Put your faith in me. And then he goes on to say, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going away, but we're going to be together again. I'm going to a place. It's it's going to be prepared for you, and we're going to be together again. And then Jesus says, you know the way to that place. And Thomas speaks for probably all of the disciples. And he says, We have no idea what you're talking about. We don't know where you're going. How can we get someplace and we don't even know where that place is? Why would we know the way to a place and we don't know where the place is? Jesus, tell us where this place is so we can figure out how to get there. Back to our GPS analogy. When you're going somewhere you've never been before, you decide on the destination and then the destination determines your way, right? You punch in the GPS address. You punch the address in. You have somebody drop a pin for you, right? Okay, that's where I'm going. Now let me see the way to that particular place. For for us, destination precedes direction in our experience, right? Destination precedes 
direction. I need to know the place that I'm going. I'm going to this restaurant I've never been to before. I'm going to this place. I'm going to this person's house I've never been before. If I know the destination, I can figure out the way. But Jesus, Jesus' answer is not to give them the destination. Right? The destination ultimately is eternity and, and heaven, yes. But Jesus doesn't say, well, this is where I'm going. This is the destination. Jesus gives them the way. And if they follow the way, they'll make it to the destination. I am the way, Jesus says. That, that's all you need to know. I am the way. Jesus is the way. And, and wherever we end up, following the way will be just fine. Wherever we end up, wherever this way takes us, will be wonderful. It'll be fulfilling. It'll be more than what we expect it to be. Jesus doesn't give them the destination. He just says, I'm the way. Follow me. Walk in my way. With Jesus Direction precedes destination. Direction. And what's the direction? He is the direction. He is the way. Jesus says, just trust me. Just follow me. I'm not going to tell you much about where we're going. Just follow me. Just live according to the way that I live. Speak in the way that I would speak. Believe what I have taught you to believe. We live our lives so much with destination in mind. I'm not saying that's always wrong, but we live so much of our life with destination in mind. I'm trying to get here, right? I want to get to this level in my company. I want to get this degree. I want to have this much money when I retire. I want to, I want to earn this title. I want to, we want to visit these places. We live a lot of our life, we, we, we structure a lot of our life around destination. I want to be here. I want to be there. I want to be here. And Jesus is not so much interested in destination as he is interested in the way. How are you living as you're moving toward whatever destination is in front of you? What is your life like? Who are you? Are you living according to the way? Right? The, the truth is, sometimes we don't even know the destination. Right? I mean, we know eternity in heaven. That's far off destination. But sometimes it's difficult to know what the destination is three months from now, isn't it? Two months from now. Two weeks from now. A year from now. Remember those wonderful times when People would ask us what our five-year plan is. Like, weren't those good times? Like, when we thought we actually knew a five-year plan in front of us. The last few years has kind of interrupted all of that a little bit. I'm not saying goals aren't important. We live so much of our life with this five-year plan, ten-year plan. This is where I'm going. But the reality is we don't always know where we're going to end up what that destination is going to be like, where our life is going. Here's what Jesus tells us. When we don't know the next destination, we can just keep following the way. We can just keep walking in the way. 
We can just keep living out the way of Jesus. You may not know what the next few months are going to be like for you. Your job may be in flux right now. Your relationships may be strained right now. You may be facing some major decisions. Are we going to move? Are we going to do this? Uh, Is this where we're going to end up? What Jesus reminds us is when you don't know the destination, you know the way you should be living. You know the walk you should be taking. You know what it is to live according to the way. And Jesus invites us into that way. Like today and every day, Jesus is inviting us into the way of Christ. This morning, both uh, people who are here in person, people who are worshiping online, there are people who have joined the way. There was a moment where you stepped into this path. You stepped into relationship with Jesus. And you know that ultimately your destination is heaven. And there may be a lot of questions about what other destinations there are between here and there. But, but you would say, I'm a person of the way. And, and so I would ask you, are you living according to the way? Like if you name the name of Jesus, it's, it's not just a ticket to a destination. It's not just, okay, I'm going to heaven now. I'm not going to that other place. I'm not going to be punished. I'm going to have eternal life in heaven. It's not a ticket to a destination so much as it is stepping into a way of living. A way of living that represents Christ, the Son of God. You have been called into a way. Not into just a momentary decision of your life. Not into just a checked box. Or prayer that was prayed, you have been invited into a way, a way that should define everything about you, should transform everything about you, should transform the destinations that you're shooting for in your life because you've been called to live according to the way. Uh, here's another question. Have Are you sure you've joined the way? There there are many in person, online, no doubt, that are are people of the way. You have committed your life to Jesus who said that he's the way. You've joined this way, but maybe there's someone here who hasn't. You're walking the other way. There hasn't been a moment when you surrendered your life to this Jesus, this person who said that he's the way person who said he would get us all the way through this life and into the next life in his presence. Are, are you someone who has joined the way? Have you committed your life to Christ? Christ came after this Passover meal. Jesus is betrayed. He's arrested. He's beaten. He's crucified. He dies physically, literally a death in our place, not, not just dying physically, but absorbing the punishment of our sins through the cross, absorbing the punishment that you and I deserved because of our disobedience, and he conquered that sin and death three days later when he rose again so that you and I could be people of the way. So that we could know him, meet him in faith. So that our life could be transformed by him. Have you done that? He is inviting you into the way. 
If not, to taste the day, to surrender your life over to him. To join this way of living that sees Jesus as God eternally, the supreme sacrifice for our sins. This is the way. It is the only way ultimately to bring hope and healing and fulfillment to your life. It is the only way for your sins to be removed and for you to receive forgiveness from the God who created you. That you would not just spend eternity with him, but that you would spend every moment of this life in relationship with him. This is the way. This is the way that God invites you into. Don't resist it. Don't run the other way. Embrace the relationship that he's offered to you. Let's pray. I encourage you just to examine your heart right now. Your heart. Have you entered the way? Have you repented, turned from your sin, and turned towards Jesus, the way? Jesus, Solomon said, look, don't be confused. Don't be be confused. Don't, Don't think you're on the right way and you're really not. Come to him. Receive salvation from him. And if you are, If you know in your heart, yes, that's me. I'm a person of the way. Are you living according to the way? Do other people experience you as a person of the way? A person who lives in the way of Jesus, speaks in the way of Jesus, cares for people in the way of Jesus. Are you living according to the way? God, help us to be people of the way. That our very lives would glorify you. That our very lives would draw people to you. That people would want to have what we have in Christ. The words that we speak, the compassion that we show the lives that we lead would point people to the way. This is the way. This is the eternal way. May we be people who live it out. In Jesus' name, amen.